Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. I am Brittany Pacheco. I'm Franklin Cooper. Tristan Jones. And we are back, y'all. We are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to discuss the third episode of the HBO series, The Last of Us. The episode titled Long, Long Time, named after a Linda Ronstadt song, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, let's just start off. Overall thoughts on the episode. Brittany, what did you think about this episode? You know, I was anticipating another very action-packed, very you know scary seeing the broccoli face motherfuckers that I don't like seeing again. I was not expecting the episode that we got. And I know a lot of critics were hyping up the episode saying it's the best in the whole season. And for me, that's hard to say right now just because we don't have the rest of the season, of course. But for what it was, the story that it told, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this episode and it made me feel some type of way. But it was different for me to see Nick Offerman in this role because I mean, the movies that I've seen him in are always like comedic type movies and so to see like a very serious and very like loving type role which is different but it was it was refreshing for me personally so i enjoyed it frank what did you think of this episode it's fucking beautiful man i don't i don't know what to say like she was it angered me i was like what is what is wrong with you people man like i don't want to see this beautiful gay love ballad sad shit like First off, I had no idea gay love was so complicated. I, I Maybe I'm ignorant. I mean, I've been heterosexual all my life. But I had no idea that it could be so complicated. That shit was so fucking sad. It was like the zombie version of the notebook. I, I didn't know what to do with it. Like, it was very, very, very... I had a mix of emotions. I was connected to... I was so connected to Ron Swanson. And, like, you know what's funny? When when Ron Swanson, I mean, a.k.a. Nick Offerman, when, 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 he, when he found the dude in the, in the, in the hall, I was like... They're gonna fuck. They're gonna bang. I, I, just, <laughs> I just knew it because he was like he had been alone all this time. Um, he's a survivalist, you know. I, I was like, they're gonna bang, and it was way more than that. They actually fell in love. I was so shocked by that, and was so sad. And, and it was a great episode. I ain't gonna lie, it was a great episode. It wasn't about the zombies. Like it was to create such a uh, this this episode, and the zombies are like in the in the background, like forty yards away. And it sends around these two people. It was it was great writing. Um, yeah, so loved it. Tristan, what do you think overall? Ten out of ten. Um, one of the best. I'm trying not to get hyperbolic. It's, it, it's absolutely one of the most riveting hours of television I've seen, at least in the last you know five, six, seven years. As far as like bottle episodes, uh, that just kind of you know, bottle in this one storyline that's that goes away from the main story narrative. Yep. It's it's up there. It's it's amazing. Um Frank mentioned like he was shocked, or Brittany mentioned she was shocked. I was shocked too, but for totally different reasons. Uh I too was expecting a lot of action, but because in this particular section in the game, th this entire episode is different than how it is in the game. Yeah, there's a lot of, we're, we're going to get into that. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, We can get into yeah. like the specifics of that. So yeah. that's where the shot came from me. And then they went completely left field. And it was just, I I didn't think anything about it was sad. I wasn't sad when this episode ended. I wasn't sad. I, I thought it was beautiful. And I thought that this episode 
was was happy in a way that makes everything else sad in the show. Right. Right. Like um, this, this, what this episode did was like show us the stakes. Right. Like w- so much of The Last of Us and Walking Dead and Station Eleven, all these 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 different shows and movies are about what people are trying to gain back. Right. The world is post-apocalyptic world. And like this episode just took really great pains to show us what you live for, <laughs> right? Like this is why it's so sad when the world ends is because we lose this almost carefree human connection. But I love the episode. Um, again, I, I have read a few things saying like the same thing, Brittany, like this was the best episode of the season, 10 out of 10. I saw like the different ratings. And I was like, again, from my knowledge of the game, I was like, Oh shit, we're about to see some shit, some shit shit. Um, but no, they completely took my entire expectations and said, fuck that. You're gonna get this and you're gonna love this instead. And I did. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um I think that those characters, Bill and Frank, the ones we're talking about, they got a happy ending, even though in this, you know, this uh zombie half dead world or whatever, they got a happy and I don't mean like that kind of happy, and although you, that kind of happy ending also, it's, it's all happy endings, right? They got that but, too, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, first I want to address like the critical stuff. So I also like like uh, like uh, Brittany and Tristan said, you know, you, you read about the, the critics that love this show or this episode specifically, and I think the the reason why is it's a, such a standout episode as opposed to like a lot of these critics have seen the the full nine episode run. We've obviously just seen the first three episodes. And I think this one just stands out. It's not, you know, where it's not just Joel and Ellie walking from place to place or traveling or, you know, having to find a way to to survive. It was like you said, Tristan, it was like a bottle episode. And I think that, you know, and also you have really high quality talent in uh, Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett. And if you don't know who Murray Bartlett is, he was on the white Lotus season one. He won the Emmy by the way, for that role. He was phenomenal in that show. Sure was. Um, I would for sure go back and watch the white. If you haven't seen the White Lotus, watch both seasons. But certainly season one is is pretty excellent with what he does. But uh, but you know, like for for my overall view of the episode, like just talking about Joel and Ellie, who weren't you know they weren't hugely you know crucial in this episode. They they were kind of at the beginning and at the end. I thought this was the first time watching this show where I actually saw those characters and I didn't see the Game of Thrones actors. You know what I mean? Like I've gotten used to them now where they like they're just Joel and Ellie. It's not Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. It's the characters in the video game. And you know something else like we talked about every week, the pacing of this show continues to be like just perfect. It's spot on. It's such a great way to tell this story that a lot of people like myself, I know some stuff, but I don't know everything like Tristan does. I think the way they're laying it out is so well done. And that continued obviously with this episode. And then the, like the, this episode to me showed the the true greatness of this show is that you can take a side story, which was not in the video game. Right. And we're going to, we're going to talk about the differences here in a little bit. Like you take this side story that is like this unlooked, like unlikely love story. And it's just a side episode. And it could, like for most shows, it could be the main story. And these characters certainly could be a part of a crew with Joel and Ellie. And, and like, 
main main characters in a show and it's like they just had this like one episode you know like almost like iso ball like you give them the ball gather away they get let them play and then now the season's going to continue on i just thought like to do that with a show on the third episode really shows how great this show is and what you know we can expect in the future and it took balls uh, to do this yeah so. yeah because again the natural progression of where it was going right was following the game right exactly and i don't think most people would have been most would have complained if this narrative would have followed the game at least almost like it is right uh, this episode last thing i'll say about this episode justifies I, I don't know if I don't know if I've shown this. I know I've talked about it a little bit on this pod. And I, I know me and Frank have talked about it a little bit. I was hyper excited for this this show, like hyper. When I when I heard it, when I played the game, I was like, "Hey, they need to make this a show." Yeah. And when I found out they were making a show, and then I found I saw the casting and stuff like that. I I don't know the last it it not since what you know maybe season six of Game of Thrones have I been this excited for. A show and this episode justify it, it. It justified to me why I was so excited. Yeah, why I had to be so excited because I felt like they could flesh out some things from the game, and especially knowing it was going to be on HBO. This episode is is like the watermark for like this is why they did this show to me. Yeah, you, you know, originally it was going to be a movie directed by Sam Raimi. So no shit. Yeah, I'm, huh. I'm glad it wasn't. No, yeah. it, it definitely yeah. works better as a series, you know, like, like, I mean, if you did the Bill and Frank story, that'd be a great movie. Cause that's kind of like what we watched on, on Sunday, but, uh, for the whole, the whole storyline of Joel and Ellie, I think that they made the right decision, but you know, let's, we're, we're talking about Bill and Frank a lot. Let's talk about, um, the differences in the game and, or from the game to the show. And from all accounts, uh, listening to the 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 Game of Thrones, oh, not Game of Thrones, so sorry, Game of Thrones, the uh, Last of Us uh, companion pod that they put out there, the the showrunners said that like this is the biggest departure from the game is the fact that in the game Bill doesn't die. Is that correct, Tristan? Bill does not die. No, doesn't die. Right now, Frank is understood to be or is identified as Bill's partner. Although I don't know that they, do they make it clear that it's a, like a sexual partner or it could just be like a, you know, buddy, or he was on the police force with me or wh- it's whatever. Hinted. Yeah. It's, it's hinted that, right. I mean, it, it's, it's very much implied that right. there, that Bill and Frank are romantic partners. We yeah. don't see Frank right. uh, in the game. Uh, by the time Joel and Ellie get to Bill um, and, you know, we can also talk about the path they took to get to Bill. Um, by the time they get to Bill, uh, Frank is already dead. He's right. left a, a suicide. He's yeah, he's left a suicide note. Um, right. Bill and Frank are at completely at odds. Frank, at the end of his suicide note, tells Bill how much he hates him because Bill is so stuck in his ways. Right. He wants to kind of just fortify himself in in this little mini utopia that he's built um, the last twenty years. Uh, and Frank actually tries to escape he goes to he goes to try to get a battery to put into a car to so he can leave and go somewhere else ends up getting bitten uh and instead of like allowing himself to turn he hangs himself uh and he leaves that in the note um for for bill well actually ellie i want to say ellie or, or joel finds no joel finds the note mm-hmm. uh and he reads it you know we read it as you read it as the, uh, the gamer 
Uh, and he just kind of, he goes to Bill. He's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry about Frank and everything. Uh, you could tell that there was clearly like this year's long friendship. Uh, and Bill just kind of plays it off. He's like, well, you know, he was holding me back. And when you have somebody you love, like, it, you know, it anchors you. Like, you you can't really go anywhere. Like, it, it becomes just another person that re is relying on you. And Bill is kind of playing this. But you can also tell through his voice how hurt he is about him and Frank in, in the fallout. Um, just real quick, another departure is um, Joel and Ellie have to go through some shit to get to Bill's house. Like, Bill, as we can tell from the show, he has all these booby traps around his property. Right. And Joel actually gets caught up in one of those booby traps uh, as they sneak into what's called Bill's Town. Um, and Ellie is trying to cut him down. And we get a bunch of clickers, a bunch of runners after him. And that, as the, the gamer, as the player, you have to shoot these uh, zombies. You have to shoot these clickers and runners while Ellie is trying to cut you down. But you're upside down. <laughs> so you, uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the game, actually. Like you have to shoot these guys upside down. Eventually, Bill comes, saves them, and then they come in, and uh, right, Bill actually leaves with them for a little while before he heads back to his house. But one of one of Bill's like his main role in the game is he provides resources to the players, right? That's yeah. pretty much his purpose. Okay, that's where they get like the bow and arrow. You get a few more guns, a, b a bunch of ammo, some other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so Brittany, I was going to ask you about this because I know we talked about this off air, but uh, so Neil Druckmann, the the person who wrote this game, he created the game, he's working on the show. He he had a great quote talking about you know departing from the game and the differences. He said, "If it's the same or worse, we stick with the game. If it's better, we deviate." And I think that this deviation was a uh, was the right move. What, what do you think about that, Brittany? Absolutely. I mean, I've talked about this with various other television shows that or movies that are based on like books and that kind of thing. If if you have to broaden let me let me backtrack. In order to explain this character Bill, right? Cuz Tristan just said that with with Bill, you knew that he was in a relationship with Frank. You didn't get a whole heck of a lot outside of just what you get in the game, but to go into the show and delve into this character and really make him human, right? He was a survivalist. He was ready for, you know, the apocalypse basically. And he was not going to go quietly. Basically he was just going to mind his business, hide in his bunker, stay prepared. And once the town was completely evacuated, you know, he, he went to work. He, he was stocking up on supplies and what have you, but, you know, to develop this character, to understand his way of thinking and to understand who he is and then to see someone completely unexpected come into his life and just kind of kind of soften him and, and there was a great quote that bill says to frank upon his upon frank's death was i i didn't i didn't know fear or i didn't have any fear until i met you and and to think about that in this apocalyptic sort of way of living to find love in the most unexpected places and build a life with someone for, you know, what, 16, not quite 20 years. They were together for quite a, a long while before they uh, decided to end it. It's, it's really, it's sad, but it's beautiful at the same time, you know, cause we talked about <laughs> in a previous pod about 
why are people still having kids, right? You know, why are people still bringing children into this world when there's clickers and, and Tristan said runners yeah, that are out in this world? Like, why would you want to bring new life into it? But then instead of living in solidarity and just, just living, like, what is life without living for something or someone else, right? And so I think it was just a great deviation from the game storyline because you really you really got to understand this character and see just what a life they had you know the, the ups and downs and for bill to like you could clearly tell he didn't like joel but then for him to leave everything to joel and say respect. he says i don't like you <laughs> no yeah <way>. exactly <laughs> like it's, i mean he just straight up like he just doesn't like him but then to in the end leave the suicide note and says you know, I give you, I give you everything. I give you everything and take care of Tess, which obviously we know Tess is no longer with Joel, but I mean, I, I really felt that I got to know Bill. I really felt I got to know Bill and Frank. And I just thought this is a fucking amazing love story in, in an apocalyptic era. Yeah, I mean, it really is like an opposites attract kind of deal. Um, I mean, Frank is a people person. He wants to make friends. He wants to, you know, he wants to like beautify the community that they have. And Bill is a, you know, he's a conservative. He's a survivalist. He's a loner. And he's just about, you know, protecting things with, you know, with guns or whatever. And uh, it's really like they're, it's kind of a, they're like, it's like a middle-aged love story like it's a middle-aged couple just they just happen to be these two gay characters in this <laughs> video game which i are you know this this world is created in a video game uh let thought me, it was that is really well done let me comment on that really quick and it's just something i'm not sure if anyone else really picked up on i'm sure you did because we're all intelligent people here but the fact that in the time that this pandemic was happening in 2003 gay marriage was not something that was, you know, sanctified, if you will, or, or, uh, legal, if you will, not, not everywhere. So to consider at the very end of, of their lives that Frank asked Bill, like, we're going to get married, you know, uh, we're going to do this, 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 this is just crazy to me. Like that's what they wanted. And, and, you know, signs of the times obviously wouldn't allow for that but like i i don't know i think it was kind of cool how they were able to kind of bring in modern day stuff into into this game it's like, legitimacy for their their identity their lives yeah right? like at the end of their lives literally like they still needed that legitimacy and like that just tells you how deep the trauma of like not being able to participate in these just everyday human things yeah. can take a toll like bill you can tell like when he's sitting at that piano and he's you know playing i know we'll get to that later but like you could feel the weight of like man i've been hiding for so long and so to the point where i've been so comfortable in the hiding and now there's nobody to hide from <laughs> like there's literally no one to hide from uh, and from there like there's uh, you feel like a, a literally a literal weight being lifted off because you finally be who he knew he was and just had to repress for so long. And I, I, again, I think that's also interesting. Like at the end of their lives, they still were like, hey, let's get married. <laughs> All the marriage advocates out there just like <laughs> rejoicing. See? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean that that was like that's Frank's dying wishes. He wanted like one one great one good or one wonderful last day, and that's obviously getting married was a part of that. Um, Frank, what did you think about the the way they used like time jumps to tell the story of the Bill and Frank relationship? You know what's funny? I hated the time jumps in House of the Dragon, but I appreciated time jumps in Bill and Frank's story because it illuminated um, their expedited connection and the sense of needing each other over the years. Um, I think there was a scene where um, after they uh, make love or whatever and he, he, they're about to eat, he's like, you know, I'll be here for a couple of days and I'll leave. And then the very next scene says three years later. Right. And I had to pause it because... For me, I had to sit there and like try to like visualize in my head, like, man, how fast is this this love story, this origin, this origin that came from this guy finding this guy on the ground and booby trap to like now three years later, they're happy and content in this isolated community, and they just seem so unbothered and long as they have each other. That time jump really signified how quickly things came together for them, and I and I appreciated that, and. I, and I and to be honest, I thought one of them was gonna die within that within that time jump. And then you go to I think 07 and 10 and 2023. I'm like, fuck, this is crazy. I don't I don't like in this in this insane world of like raiders and zombies and destruction and just this dystopian, they they found some type of like normalcy w- within their connection. I thought I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, in in one of the time jumps, I think one of the years, I think it was 2013. We see they have that lunch with Joel and Tess, and that that's like their first meeting with with Joel and Tess. Is that is that correct, Tristan? Is that what you got out of that? That is. Um, you could tell that um, because Frank mentions the radio, uh, and of course we got that from episode one about how like how people communicate throughout these uh, th- throughout the radio. Um, so yeah, that's the first time like a. a Apparently, again, this isn't explained fully in the game. So, like, everything right. we're getting is from this episode for the most part. Right. Uh, but you can tell, like, there's been some communication um, or somebody has put uh, them in touch with Joel and Frank. Like, this, I don't this, I don't think this is a happenstance, like, meeting up. So Right, right. Yeah. You, so, from what I can tell from the episode, so after that, that that appears to be their only interaction with, with Joel and Tess, at least in person, right? So do you think that there were other times where they got together or? I absolutely think there were other times yeah, they got okay. together. Um, because if you go back to the conversation that Joel had with Bill as he and Tess are leaving. Right. And Joel, and this is where I think the big respect between Joel and Bill lies mm-hmm. is that Joel, Bill recognizes Joel and Joel recognizes Bill. They're both survivalists. They're both protectors. Right. Uh, they both have a keen sense to recognize imminent danger. So when Joel tells Bill, like, hey, that fence, you got a year left in the fence. You know, I can get you these fools and last you forever. You can tell that like, there is a constant, um, there's a constant rapport between them. And also, and Joel and Ellie are going through the uh, gas station. Joel says, like, our, Tess and I, we, we lay, we know we keep things in these particular safe houses or stash spots okay. uh, when we go on these routes. So that the show is letting us know that this is something, and then this is something that uh, happens frequently. And then Joel and Tessa smugglers. Like, so like this requires over the course of 
you know, 17, 17 to 20 years, whatever. Right. Uh, this requires them to make frequent trips um, outside of the QZ to, you know, trade things and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they had a uh, pretty frequent rapport. To, to add to that, I think it might have been a two year gap because when because when Joe's looking for the supplies, Ellie asked, did you forget? He's like, I'm zeroing in. It's been a couple of years. So that, that led me to like when I when I think about it and go back to that episode, I think that they probably saw each other two years prior, um, passing passing that that little bunkhouse where they hit up supplies and probably saw probably saw Bill and Frank then too. That would make a lot of sense because I, I felt like you know the respect thing between Bill and 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 uh, and uh, I'm sorry Joel. You know whenever we see, I, I think it's like later in 2013, whenever those Raiders show up and and Bill gets shot. He, you know, the one thing he tells Frank is, you know, call Joel. He can protect you. Call him. He'll know what to do. So it seems like they had to have more than just one interaction over the years. But this kind of leads me to my follow-up question, which is, you know, episode two ended with we see Tess's death in 2023. But then we see her in this episode, which I was surprised that we were we saw the, you know, the flashback. We see her. Do y'all think we'll see a flashback with Bill and Frank again? Or was that a one-off episode? And I'll... I'll go to Brittany first. What do you do? You think we'll see those characters again? As much as I would love to see Bill and Frank again, I really do feel that this episode three was just a one-off episode. I, I, I'd be genuinely surprised if we did see these characters pop up again, like as a flashback. Um, I, 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 I really don't. I really don't. I. It's kind of sad to think that you have these amazing actors to portray these characters and they're only there for one episode, but I, I don't, I don't see the necessity to bring them back because it's kind of like, I got the understanding of Bill's purpose was to ultimately supply Joel with the truck and the supplies and all this other thing. There's really no need to keep going back and forth. I understand with Tess because think about it, Joel and Tess were together for like some 16 years or so right and they have a lot of history and they were doing whatever that they were doing so but ultimately no i don't think we'll see bill and frank again and real quick y'all i do want to give a shout out to those who are in our live chat nick all the way from the uk says evening guys and also trisha aka the texas potterhead she said she really loved this episode and story and then of course marcella our fellow watcher who uh is also watching the last of us and really got her i got her you did. You did. <laughs> it's holding yeah. out on me. <laughs> Gotta love this mushroom shit. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I no. think only like about 18 million people a week are watching this show. So That's, it's it's a small cult classic, yes. Yeah. By, by the way, niche yeah, genre. Right. After just two episodes, it was renewed for season two, which none of us Shocker. were surprised, but Shocker. yeah. So um so Tristan, back to the, back to that question. Do you think we're going to see Bill and Frank again in a flashback, or you think we're moving on? Um, at best, we may we could possibly see them, but it would be in service of another flashback. Like maybe we're looking at Joel and Tess and yeah, them passing by. It would be something bit. But uh, like Brittany, I think there's a close closer to zero percent chance that we see Bill and, and Frank again, especially because they you know they're dead. Like they're dead. Like if Bill was still alive and. I could possibly see it, but nah. Yeah. I don't think so. Not with nine episodes. I doubt it. Yeah. Frank, what are your thoughts? You think you think we'll see him again? I don't think so. Only because I think if you do, you devalue their their the ending of their of the character arc in this episode by bringing them back again. So um by the, 
it was so poetic how they how they died and it was almost it was almost Shakespearean. So to only come back to bring more flashbacks of them, I, it wouldn't make sense to me. Well what said, did, Frank. Well said. Yeah. What did y'all think about that? The way they aged? Did it seem like they aged pretty severely that last ten years? And I granted, you're in an apocalyptic world. It's not you know. There's probably not great skincare routines or whatever. <laughs> but uh, it mm. seemed like they went from 2013 to like 2013 to 2023 was a hard road for those guys. Uh, Brittany, what what do you think about that? Did you think it looked like? Did they think they they looked too old? It's hard to say because we don't have a definitive age of when these two met. I mean, we do hear from Bill that he says he's he's apologizing to Frank for being older than him. He can't keep up when they're you know exercising or whatever. Yeah. So we don't really have like a like he's Bill's fifty and Frank's forty five or something like that. But no, I, I wasn't I wasn't too jarred with how quickly they aged, just because if there were illnesses that were happening in, you know, the 15 year span of time that they are together and you don't have the medicines and you don't have the things that you need in order to keep yourself healthy. I mean, yeah, it's going to wear and tear on the body for sure. And then to me, they didn't clearly state it, but it seemed that Frank had either a form of multiple sclerosis or ALS it's hard to right. to know for sure. And that's a, a very degenerative sort of disease where, you know, you can't walk, you can't, you know, function properly. And so, yeah, there's there's a lot that was going on. So I'd imagine the illness, especially with Frank, it it was a big toll on Bill as well, you know, yeah. mentally, physically, emotionally, that kind of thing. The showrunner said that they didn't want to specify the illness in the show, but then when they were asked, well, what do you think it was? They they did exactly what you said, Brittany. They said it was either MS or early ALS. So, so you, uh, you nailed that on the head. That's what Congrats. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I know all things. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like with, uh, what's his name? Uh, King Viserys and house of the dragon. He had like some form of leprosy or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, uh, so Frank, what do you think about the comedy in this episode? I thought, I thought there was some pretty funny line. There was the Arby's comment about, you know, free food or whatever. There was the, I thought the piano joke was great. He was like, oh, you have this, like, whatever piano, like, what's it worth? And, and, uh, he's like, well, nothing right now. <laughs> There's no other people alive to spend money, you know? So, but what, what, what did you think? About? Cause I thought the, I thought it was actually like a, it was like, it was sad, beautiful, but it was also kind of funny. I thought. I think Nick Offerman's de- uh, defensive mechanism is to be funny. Like yeah. I, I, I imagine I mean, that's like his default as an yeah, actor. Yeah, that's his default. Yeah. Like I, I don't think there's no script in any genre that you, you're not going to get a little bit of a sims of comedy from him. I, I, I picture Aziz Asari talking to him, talking to Ron Swanson in this episode. <laughs> like that's that was a typical Ron Swanson response. And Ron Swanson is a character that Nick Offerman played in Parks and Rec for like ten seasons, but. Um, it was it was brilliant, man. The Arby's comment had me laughing. I, I think I rewound like three times. Like that, that was it was simply hilarious. Um, uh, to see Nick in this, and Nick has played very stoic and like weird, obscene characters before, and a lot of other TV shows. There's a Hulu show yeah. that I watched a few years ago, and it's a similar character like that as well. Um, the guy just has serious range, man. Um, I, I'm almost another reason I was so sad too because. I thought Bill could have been a great, 
a great asset to the cast for for a, a little bit of a longer run. So to see him, so, so to see him pass or die, commit suicide was was kind of sad, man, because he, he's such a great acting talent. And I really thought he was going to be a bigger part of the show because I remember whenever the cast was announced, I was like, oh, Nick Offerman's in the show. I, th- I thought he was going to play like a bigger. I mean, he had a big role. Don't get me wrong. It was a huge, like, I mean, they're probably going to win awards for that episode. Let's be real. But, like, I thought it was going to be a multiple episode kind of uh, run for him. So I have a question, man. Like, how many stories did he raid, man, to have that much wine over, over a 20-year span? Like, bro, he had, like, and he had, like, the, he, he had a, he had a court tour, uh, I think it said 81 or 90, 82 on, on one yeah. of the bottles I saw. I'm like, bro, like, where are you getting? Was there like a, a a winery not far from your community? Like, wh- how do you? Yeah, there, there there was. was. Oh, there was. was. Okay. Yeah. That was that was one of the last places he went to the day that everyone evacuated. He went to Home uh, Depot. He went to you know all these other the gas power plant whatever. Yeah, okay. and, and yeah. he yeah he dropped that down. He was ready. And and Frank, you you and I know because wine, uh, wine doesn't okay. go bad. But that one would be, I'm saying for me, I'm a whiner. That one would have been gone within like five years. <laughs> I, it's not going to last 20 years. But again, he's a, he's a survivalist. And right. what do survivalists learn how to do, which is like ration things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So if he's a wine drinker like that, I'm pretty sure like his, uh, either him or his late mother uh, had some bottles and, you know, just kind of add to. So I don't think he just picked up wine and, on September 26th, <laughs> <laughs> like, today's the day I'm gonna right, start drinking. Right. No, because like, because like, because like, he raided the, the gas, like, well, he raided the gas and had like two or three barrels of gas. I'm thinking that he went to the wine, the wine spot and like got a truck full of wine and just brought it back to the crib. But I mean, that makes sense. His mother, his mother That's seemed very stew and very bougie, so she probably had a, a wine cellar downstairs too. So, what he was well prepared, right? Very um, like he had rabbit and st- the the steak that he the steak that he ate in the beginning. I'm like, bro, this is one Swanson again, dog. This is a steak and pork. That's what Ron does, bro. Like, like this, it was just funny to me, man. Yeah. So so Brittany, so uh as, as Frank was talking about, the character bill in the show had a lot of resources that he had, you know I think you wanted to talk about some of those resources. It seemed like that they were never ending. I mean Considering from the moment that we we first were introduced to Bill to the moment that you know he and and Frank uh, committed suicide together, I have questions about said resources because continuity for me is in anything it just it has to make sense. But when you don't have people who are working at these power plants, and and how how is gas still being like? You know, something that he can he can get his hands on how's the water still running i get like you know having the electricity because you have a generator in your backyard but it has to be gas powered but like how do you have endless amounts of resources when there's no one in this town anymore i mean i get being prepared but damn (laughs) i don't know it's nothing that makes or breaks the show for me it's just it's just little things here and there that i noticed i'm like how do you still have running water? <laughs> like, there's, there's no fucking way you have a generator last 20 fucking years. Exactly. There's, there's no way. There's no way, bro. Like, no, without, without being able to get gas to, like, refill it every so Exactly. Often. I mean, it's a massive, you know, generator or whatever, yeah. but, like, I, there's just there's just no way. I mean, the, the chickens even, like, you have chickens. Okay, they'll multiply, but then, you know, avian flu, what's happening right now, <laughs> will happen. They'll die. 
um, they'll stop producing the eggs and, you know, just the seeds. And I guess because the fact that you introduce Joel and, and Tess and they, they're going to barter and, you know, uh, we can get you supplies. This is that maybe, maybe that's how he was able to get some of these things, but like the water thing, especially when Joel and Ellie show up at the house and Ellie's all excited. They have hot water. I'm going to go take a shower. It's like, how? <laughs> anyway. I can't fully explain those things, but like, I think what the show is trying to uh, kind of teach us and you be the judge, whether they succeeded in this or not, is that Bill has been preparing for this for a long time, like way before the pandemic. Like, this is something he's like, why do you have a secret basement before, you know, like this is, this is not something he just cultivated out the blue. Like this is something he, I think it's something he's been preparing for. Um, yeah. Now, again, how successful they they pulled that off, I guess you'd be the judge, but they want us to know that Bill is, this is what he does. Like he plans for those things uh, ahead of time. So, Yeah, I mean, he, he was a doomsday prepper, but he was like, instead of being that, he could have been Batman. Like he's more prepared mm-hmm. than Batman. He's, he's ready for every scenario. And I'm surprised he didn't have like a Batmobile or something else to, to show off. The, the mask that he had on to begin with, he could have just looked at the camera and been like, I'm Batman. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool like way to, to start the story of him where like his town is being evacuated, abandoned, and he, you know, he's the last one left. And then honestly, like it seems like he that's what he nothing makes him happier than to be alone, what he's been preparing for until Frank comes into his life. Um so let, let's talk about let's talk about the suicide letter and and Tristan, I want you to talk about it because I know, like you mentioned in the game, it's different. But what did you think about this letter that that uh, Ellie finds and she gives? She reads part of it. She gives to Joel, and that that and also just like how they how their bodies they left their bodies, they left the window open. You get that shot of the sunlight. Like that's part of like what I thought was the beautiful stuff of this of this episode. Tell us about the suicide letter, just the whole, their whole, the end of these two characters. Uh, well, I'll start at the end with the window. Yeah. Um, the showrunners mentioned this on the, on the companion podcast, but I mean, if you, if you play the game, the window is what you see when you start the game, like before you hit press play then, and they said they wanted to do like, instead of skip intro, they wanted to do play, play game or start playing, whatever the hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll play now. Right. Um, so like that window is iconic. Like anytime you see, like they said they wanted to start each episode with like a different cold open with a window. Uh, so it's really iconic to game players. But the suicide note, it's the central thesis of the show, right? Like this is about purpose. This this whole episode is about purpose, right? Bill's purpose at first was to survive he reveled in that he was like actually wanted that he couldn't wait for the for a pandemic and, and he couldn't wait for the world to shut down because that's when he knew he was going to thrive and frank came and his whole purpose changed then it became about finding yourself finding your identity then it became about loving this person and it became about like the different compromises that you make within relationships then it became like hey this is somebody I w- i'm going to spend the rest of my life with like in this two-person community that we that we built and ellie's reading this um and it's it's god this like this this show and the writers are so amazing because they had ellie read this to joel 
so Joel, I guess, could fully process what he's hearing without like the added bonus of having to read at the same time. He's processing Bill not talking really about Joel and Tess. He's talking about Joel and Ellie. And he's like, it's a, it's the a perfect parallel because Joel didn't necessarily have to protect Tess. Tess, not in the game, not on the show, does not need much of protecting, right? Like, yeah, you get into it with a clicker. Yeah, okay, I need to step in and do that. But just in general in this world, Tess is kind of the boss, right? And Joel is the muscle for the most part. Um, so in a sense, Bill doesn't even know it. He's not He's not writing to Joel to motivate him to protect Tess. He's writing for him to motivate. He's writing to motivate him to protect the next person who needs protection. And as jo and Ellie is reading this and Joel is just looking at her, she is the one right. that he was put here to protect. Like, And that's why... He needs to take these resources. She's the one. So again, that's the central thesis of this show, um, which is protection and finding protecting the ones you love and making sure like that we make it to this destination uh, and making sure that we can like actually live in love instead of just surviving, right? In spite of love. So, so Tristan was was that was that more of like I guess Bill saying like, look, I am a testament of a guy who was hopeless, a guy who was a cynic. And me experiencing what I experienced and finding my purpose, I know you can find yours because I did it. So I know you can do it. It's one to one. Gotcha. Bill, like I said, Bill is Joel. Joel is Bill. Like gotcha. uh, to to varying extremes, but that's the central thesis of the entire show of the entire game. It's like, hey, this is you didn't think that this person was coming. You weren't looking for love. You completely shut yourself off from love because of every past experiences no here's a new purpose for you now like take this purpose accept embrace that purpose and go be the person that you've been but be that person for this new person right and it's one-to-one -one. perfect ladies and gentlemen tristan said in promoting this pod that he was going to be poetic boom there it was y'all there it was i mean it's easy to be like it, it's right there like it, it's such a beautiful thing and again in the game joel reads this note and you feel it the same. You kind of feel it when Joel is reading a note in the game. Like, yeah, like um, Frank is warning Bill about what Bill, about what, how can I say this? Okay, Frank is is bitching at Bill because Bill did not want to step outside of his comfort zone and live life, right? right? He just wanted to survive, right? So as Joel is reading this note in the game, I think he can feel what Frank is saying as if, as if Frank is talking to him. And from that point on in the game, and I think from that this point on in the, in the show, we see a different Joel, right? A, a purposeful Joel, a Joel that's starting to open himself up to, if not at first love, it's just like- Trust. Trust and, 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 and purpose. Right. His purpose no longer is about surviving. It's about living. It's about living for himself and living for Ellie so that Ellie can live. So Tristan, Tristan, real quick. So that that letter that that suicide letter that Frank that wrote in the that was a bar. Hold on. That was a bar. That was a bar. That was a bar. <laughs> Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Yeah. That was a bar. But that was a bar. Um, so just to clarify, because I because I didn't play the video game. So in the video game, the, the suicide note, Frank addressed it to Joel or was it to 
It was Bill. 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 Joel finds it as so Ellie and once they come into the house, Ellie and and Bill actually like are at odds because Ellie's like, "Hey, you owe Joel this favor. You need to repay this favor. We need a battery. We need a car. Blah blah blah." Um, so. As you do in the game, every time you walk into any space, you walk around and start rummaging for stuff, you know, finding supplies, little, you know, batteries or screwdrivers or bottles or whatever. Um, and Joel finds the note in the kitchen. And as they're about to leave, he walks over to uh, Bill and is like, hey, I'm sorry. And that's when Bill kind of plays a tough role. of, uh, You know, he was dragging me down anyway. It's like, you can tell he's clearly hurt. Cause he, when he mentions like it's a partner, he's like, yeah, he was a, he was a partner. Like you could tell, like he's he's keeping something within. So, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Let that bitch breathe. Man. <laughs> so, in the show, Bill and Frank bond over a Linda Ronstadt song, and of course, as as I'm learning, as as Tristan knows, and I think a lot of people know. The music is so, the, the importance of music in the in the Last of Us is it's a big it's a big theme throughout the, throughout the whole season the whole series and the game uh, and the way. game yeah. yeah so so first off first question for y'all before this before this episode had y'all heard of Linda Ronstadt I have no. not. Brittany, I am a white it? music connoisseur, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm older than y'all, so I definitely heard of her because she was like the queen of the 70s and early 80s. Yeah. Like she was very famous. She so, dated uh, George Lucas for a while. So yeah, I, go ahead. That's that's news to me. Yeah. No, what I was gonna say, I'm I'm the youngest in this group, but I, I it's one of those things, and Justin knows this is that I I know movies better and actors better than like musicians and bands and things like that. So like hearing the song i knew i've heard the song before but to put a person's name to it i couldn't have done that so yes and no yeah <laughs> no, yeah i, mean, I know about linda ross I, I watched the cnn documentary about her yeah uh, i've seen it years too. ago yeah yeah um so i know i know some songs when i hear oh that's linda ronstadt but like you yeah. can't just say hey linda ronstadt what are your favorite five songs like oh, right shit. like mm. i gotta hear something yeah there's yeah. definitely songs that we all know that are her songs that you probably don't know that are her yeah. songs that are her right. songs. Absolutely. Yeah. But, Mar- Marcella's uh, confessing that she used to pretend to be her when she was little. <laughs> That's adorable. I'm telling you, like in the seventies, she was like Beyonce. Like she, like she was that kind of like famous. Cause she, and also she, she uh, did a lot of different genres of music. You know, she was yeah. like country, like rock folk music, yeah. like all these things she, you know, Later on, she did like a famous duet with Aaron Neville, which is, you know, I think a lot of people know that song. And uh, her and and Carol King. Like, yeah, just amazing songwriters. uh, Now, I know Carol King. Definitely know Carol King. Carol King is is like one of the GOAT songwriters. Wait, the Aaron Neville, Mr. Mole Man, Aaron Neville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I got to find out. I love Aaron Neville. I can't think of the name of the song, but like it's one of those like famous duet songs that Trust me, if you if you Google them, you'll you'll find them. But speaking of that, so Linda Rodstead, her music on Spotify as of Sunday night, her streams were up five thousand percent. Her that's insane. Like it was like it's like four thousand nine hundred, but I'm rounding, whatever. Like I mean, not that she happened with um damn, who's who song did they use in uh fucking Stranger Things? Oh yeah, uh is it Kate oh. Bush or something? Yeah. It was yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Right. Which I, yeah. I and Metallica in case people have never, you know, heard of them before. Yeah. Just saying. As if they need more streams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's the best concert I've ever been to. Hands down. Best concert I've ever not been a heavy, to. I've never been a heavy metal. Never been heavy metal. Mm, we're gonna have to educate you a little bit more but anyway (laughs) i was just gonna say the salt lake shows which is the title of the episode long long time like if you listen to the words that's it's like such a perfect song for those two characters to kind of find each other too you know like it's it's about this like this long-term unrequited love right right i I, like i love this i know this isn't coming to me but i just i'm just gonna fucking love it anyway (laughs) like yeah so whoever chose the music, which I think it was one of the showrunners, Craig, Mo- Craig yeah, Craig Mason, Mason, yeah, that was what an awesome job he did. I mean, all across the board, but that was, I think it's really cool when they when they like bring something back that was like super culturally like significant, like 30, 40 years ago, and they bring it to now, and it's like we're a lot of us are discovering for the first time, and it's like wow, this is really, really good music. But uh, I don't know, I think that's also just a sign of how like great this show is they can do that and like you said with like stranger things it's only like these like super like amazing shows that can pull that off it's you know the uh, disney plus shows aren't exactly doing that no <laughs> no shade there. a little bit of shade there i guess but uh no, a lot of it so something that we learned in the, the early parts of this episode which i didn't know but it makes a lot of sense is that contaminated food played a huge role in the outbreak cereal cake man or uh pancake can i say man. go ahead tell me can i say while watching this episode i like to snack okay i'm a, I'm a snacker like I, <laughs> I i like to snack over like actual yeah. like meals yeah. i was snacking on cereal when joel was explaining how this pandemic may have spread and i'm like and i'm looking at my cheerios and i'm like well shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm like well you know, here's here's to life, and you know, let's see if I turn into a, a clicker, you know, by tomorrow. So it, it made me it made me wonder as well, like if this was done on purpose to like create population control and it just got out of hand. I'm gonna say, oh my! I'll say this. I'll say that the that being the cause is foreshadowed pretty heavily in the first two episodes. I know it wasn't on last week. Um, but go back to the first uh, episode. Yeah. Who's the first person we see get infected? Nana. Yep. What was she being fed to by her son? Like basically bread, <laughs> right? Um, he said Nana was the first person to be infected. Sorry, that's well, she funny. was the first one we see. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, also, Nana. Sarah, Sarah, and uh, Mrs. I forgot the the, uh, the names. My bad. Adler, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are they doing? They're making cookies, yep. right? Um, Sarah does not eat the cookie. <laughs> like uh, that's one thing we see it in in, um, in episode two with um, the my mycologists. And where do they say? Where do they talk about the first infections really happening? Is at that bread plant? It's a flower plant, right? So this this is heavily foreshadowed <laughs> in the first two. So so if this is you know like Frank suggested population control, let me tell you one thing. Gluten-free people go gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is a great way to avoid marriage all advocates this. and gluten-free people uh, <laughs> love uh, episode three. <laughs> 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 Jesus, I mean, 
talk about learning to curve your your eating habits to avoid all of this. But hey, listen, I'm still of the opinion. I was having this conversation with someone on uh, Instagram the other day. The world's going to return to its natural state one way or another. And if it's by fungi or some other sort of, you know, pandemic, like it's going to happen. If it happens during our lifetime, that's going to fucking suck. I just hope it happens after our lifetime. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, there's been there's been scientists have said there's been over a dozen cataclysm disasters that's cleansed the earth since the dawn of time. So it's coming. It's coming. Not till after chapter one of DC. I need to see <laughs> how it I need Superman legacy. I need to see oh, how this plays God. out. What a great plug-in, Justin. We we, we did I need, I need Steph Curry party. to win his fifth ring. After that, <laughs> I don't really give a fuck what happens. We can yeah, real, real shit. After February 12th, I ain't tripping, dog. I just, I just need my homes get that second Super Bowl and I'm Gucci. So I, we can end this burrow Allen bullshit talk and I'm good, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't have anything that I need to see or do like before the world ends. So I'm, I, I just need my dog with me. <laughs> like, and I need yeah. her in my arms. Like, just have my dog with me. <laughs> so, do y'all have any other uh, final thoughts or observations on the episode you want to touch on? I do. Like, I was I was very discouraged after the first episode because it was so slow. Like this this is why I left Walking Dead. Walking Dead was brilliant for like four seasons and then they took this this cookie cutter template of like you know what you know we're gonna do we're gonna get away from the zombies and get away from like get away from like figuring out what's causes pandemic and just create villains every fucking season and then find a way to beat the villain into the season and bring in a whole new villain for for the following season and it got so it got so um mundane and so predictable and with this show it's purely about survival and adapting to this new reality and, and trying to find some normalcy in this fucked up world. And it's not, it's not cookie cutter, at least not, at least not to me. And to be able to find, to be able to, to um, implement this grandiose storyline with these complex characters. And I'm not sure if they are, I'm not sure if they're as complex in the video game, but these are complex characters. Yeah. And so to be able to implement that for, for a movie, I mean, for a show, is it's very difficult because you have to create these personalities pretty much from scratch that you didn't have in the video game. So I'm I'm very impressed uh, with these last couple episodes, man. I can't wait to see where they take it, man. This is this is home box office, dog. They they always find ways to 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 create smash smashes. So I'm I'm happy. I mean, I'm very I'm very very pleased. Yep. For me. Um... My biggest, besides obviously the the Bill and Frank narrative, like going back to Joel and Ellie, you see complete opposites of their relationship at the beginning of this episode and at the end. And I thought it was brilliant for the show to come back to Joel and Ellie, for them to find Bill and Frank or find go find them at their, their house and, and find out like their fate. Um, because at the beginning of this, we see, I mean, we didn't really talk much about it because again, we spent so much time on Bill and Frank, but like there's still that animosity between both of them over what happened with Tess. Right. And, you know, Ellie, who clearly is guilty about what happened to Tess, is telling Joel that she should not feel any guilt about what happened to Tess. She should not be blamed for what happened to Tess. So you start to see like bits and pieces of that wall between them falling down. Joel, he starts eating a little piece and throws the rest to Ellie. Um, 
Joel tries to shield Ellie from seeing, um, I'm surprised we didn't talk about this, but like the, the dead skeletons of people, you know, the skeletons of people who had got killed, right. even though they were, they weren't sick. So he's trying to shield her from the realities of the world. Um, and for me, the biggest thing, I guess, going forward is seeing on, at least through, through this medium, how Joel slowly begins to trust Ellie that she's just not this little girl who's going to hold him back, but like she's an, an ally. Um, and you know how they become family, I think it's going to be like the beauty of the show. Here's a, a big difference between um, Last of Us and The Walking Dead because there's so many elements that, that are similar, right? Walking Dead also was about survival and finding normalcy in this fucked up world. It didn't, it's not HBO, so the character development was never as great. But with the, the Last of Us, we know there's an end game. At least I know that, there, that there's an end game, or at least there's a perception of an end game. So, like, we know that there's something that we're trying to get to, right? We know we're trying to get Ellie somewhere so this thing can happen. Whereas The Walking Dead, the reason why I jumped off The Walking Dead, because it just seemed like this continuous cycle of, first of all, you're, I don't know if they told us in later seasons. I stopped after the Negan shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they ever tell us like how the shit started. I don't know if they take any pains to like explain how this infection started in, in these things. Like, I just don't know. And I got tired of waiting for it. This show has let us know in episodes one, two, and three in so many different ways how this started. And they gave us the end game. This is why The Last of Us is going is going to be one of them ones. And I, I said it. Damn it, you will give me my credit. <laughs> my credit. And it, it's it's well thought out. Like it's like in reality, to to be able to find a cure or, or find normalcy, you need to know the origin of, of of things. That's that's how that's how you circle back to, to find closure. And Walking Dead, and, and again, like you, I jumped off when when Negan showed up. There was no. They just they they veered off the path of like trying to find this trying to find this cure and then just recycle characters every four or five episodes just killing off people so I, there was no sense of connection uh, to these characters to where now I know I know Joe and uh, and Ellie because they've been publicized and advertised for months now prior to the show coming on that they're going to be pivotal characters all throughout you know so it it, it gives me stability and knowing that I can bond with, with these characters and root for these characters or, or hate these characters, but knowing that they're going to be here for the long term, it gives me some type of stability that I didn't get with Walking Dead. So, sorry, what I was going to say, uh, kind of piggybacking off of Tristan talking about more of Ellie and Joel's journey to get to Bill's is seeing the world through Ellie's eyes. You know, she's been she's orphaned. She's grown up in like a Fedra type school or what have you. So, I mean, she's, she's smart. She knows things, but at the same time, she doesn't know life the way that Joel remembers life. Right. And so for her to see this completely demolished airplane, right. And then all these dead bodies and, and what have you, and to learn just how, how things just ended one day in 2003 almost, you know, simultaneously, I guess you could say. And for her to go into this gas station while Joel's kind of picking through, trying to find where he, he left his stash, you know, she goes on her own way to to find whatever she can find. 
and comes across this this clicker that's been you know buried more or less it's still alive somehow and you know ellie goes back and forth with joel about wanting to have a gun right to protect herself protect them she's she's handy with this this uh knife that she's got and she uses that knife to kind of slice open a little bit of the clicker and then she stabs it you know stabs it kills it what have you so she's kind of like we're being shown that she's someone who can hold her own if you will maybe not to the same degree as joel just yet but she she's got some she's she's got some balls right she's got some balls and (laughs) maybe so um i i'd imagine that liana mormont would have as well had we developed her a little bit more but uh you know love game of thrones miss miss her seeing her in game of thrones but anyway what just seeing the world through ellie's eyes and seeing her excitement of course with the hot water she was gonna take a shower she told joel he needed to as well they you know pack up on the supplies and she's never been in a car before she's never like to me i i would have loved to have seen her like hey roll down that window i want to see if you know how to roll down that Mm -hmm. window you know like this generation who's just used to flipping like that little i don't know power switch or whatever and not rolling it up like how we did growing up right to me it's it's kind of refreshing because it's like you know you've you've experienced life and now you're seeing it through the eyes of someone who who hasn't and so when joel simply tells her seatbelt she's like huh like mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you talking about i don't know it's just it's really cute it in a, in a I, I it's weird to say that but it's really cute to see just how much of a a noob she is she doesn't know yeah. anything right she hasn't experienced life and and for her just to walk through the woods and uh just kind of take it all in because we're on the same journey with her as well to, to discover what life is like post uh post pandemic if you or pandemic whatever you get what i'm trying to say uh yeah. to me that was really great but i wanted to ask in general because john gets major anxiety <laughs> when he watches any scene that deals with ellie by herself in a dark room do y'all like does she bring up any anxiety levels for y'all because she's doing stuff that maybe she shouldn't be doing? <laughs> it doesn't for me because I know she's going to be around for a long time. So I know she's going to find a way to to get out of whatever situation. Now, whether or not people who, uh, die because of her decisions, that's that's that would I'm sure that would happen. But as far as her, I'm not I'm not worried about her safety at all. I think you, you kind of get the feeling that whenever she's in a scene like that, you feel like you're, there's a jump scare coming, you know, like that. I'm just, you just kind of prepare yourself for that kind of stuff. But otherwise, no, I think I, obviously she's one of the main characters. So I feel like she'll, she'll be in it for the long haul. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with Miss Ellie, <laughs> a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of hours. Um, and I knew that particular scene, that, that scene, I, that scene is not in the game mm-hmm. per se. Uh, there are different variations of that scene in the game. Um, And I think that scene is all about not really scaring us, but letting you know that it's not just, again, Ellie has a, she has a streak. I just say that like she, her and Joel are a great pairing because obviously, you know, Joel's protector um, and, you know, we can we, we can obviously tell he's going to develop this deep connection and love for her, but they, in certain ways, they're not good for each other because they kind of <laughs> enable each other's worst impulses. 
And I think that was like the first or one of the first kind of instances of us seeing like this, this streak within Ellie that we're going to see a lot of uh, going forward. Knowing at the end when she's kind of rifling through the house before they leave, she stumbles across the desk that Frank had pulled a gun from when they were being raided. She too finds a gun. I don't know if it's the same one or not, but she finds a gun and she stashes it away before Joel can see her. I'm curious as to how that's going to play out in, in future episodes when she decides that she's going to use it. Like if that's how that's going to go over, you know, cause he's just very adamant. He doesn't want her to have a gun. My guess is that she saves Joel by using this gun. And that's how Joel discovers she has this gun. Okay. Just a guess. I can get behind that. Yeah. It's a plausible guess. One could say. Sounds Tristan's good. like tight lipped. Not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. So looking ahead of the next episode, looks like episode four is going to be pretty action packed from what we saw in the little teaser. Um, do y'all have any thoughts about what you hope happens next? I'll go to Tristan first. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stay out of these going okay. forward. Like, <laughs> I, I think I know exactly, but like, again, yeah. the show has been deviating and the show is going to deviate. Yeah. Um, so I don't expect it to be one-to-one. Um, but I think I have a, a great idea about the, I guess the general range. Uh, so I'm kind of keep, keep that tight lipped, uh, on, on my end. Okay. Forward. Frank, what, what are you looking forward to in the next episode or what do you think should happen or cause they're, they're heading to Wyoming. Apparently they're on their way to Wyoming. Which is like, I like how they low key said Wyoming, like it's like next door. That's a fucking <laughs> God, bro. Like, aren't they like in like Rosside, Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, miles miles like, yeah. Fam, like, yeah. Fam, with like no roads or like everything like destroyed. Like, I- I'm sure there's gonna be trouble along the way, zombie communities, you know, raiders they might they might stumble upon on. So I- I'm guessing some trouble is gonna is gonna come a brewing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and and we see a glimpse of uh she's one of my favorite actresses, Melanie Linsky. She's yeah. I'm curious as to her role in this whole series and if she's going to be for them or against them, that kind of thing. It, it looks like the truck gets a beaten, you know, for sure. I mean, talk about being able to move more quickly with, with the truck to get to Wyoming, but it, it looks like it, it gets a beating. It, it takes a beating at some point. So I I'm looking forward to the episode for sure. I, I, I still don't like these clickers. I still don't like these broccoli face motherfuckers. I just, I don't. I well, know we're going to see news them. For you. There's worse. I know. There's worse than the clickers by far. Okay. By far, I tell you, uh, there's worse than the clickers. Yeah, so. we were talking about this last week. Like, is there like a, like incredible Hulk version of the clickers? It's like, there's the a, <laughs> ugh, I don't, should I, there's, there's a, a form of zombie called bloaters. So, each one of these. I don't like the sound of that. You won't like the sound. I'm I'm so no. sorry. You and Marcella uh. may jump off after this one. Um, uh, but well, there are different been, variations been of the zombie. You have the runners who are like your more recent uh, infected. Yeah. Um, you have your clickers who you know that's they've probably been that way for about seven to ten years or something. And you have your bloaters. See, Justin, I told you there's different there's different phases of yeah, of yeah that's what I figured. This mutation. Yeah, yeah, and then the bloaters are probably they're close to like your 20 year infected. Okay. Yeah, like they've been there since the beginning. Gross. Ooh, do they God. do they I get like stronger over time, Tristan? Like these these variations of zombies, long longer they 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 live. 
Yeah. Like, okay. Fuck. Yeah, because again, it's the fungi. It's beginning. Yeah, they're to, connected, right? They're all connected. It's not just that. They're, yeah, they're connected. Absolutely, right. but the fungi eats away at the brain, and you see, like <laughs> the, the runners, they, they their brains are pretty much gone outside, and right. that fungus spreads throughout the the entirety of their body. And ooh, I, I have goosebumps right oh. now. Oh. Wait, so <laughs> I just had like a like an epiphany or whatever. Like, so what you just said, so you're saying that the brains are coming out on the face. Like, like, so when you have a full-blown clicker, that's their brains that are covering their eyes. Yes. Oh wow. I didn't know that. I don't I did not know that. Now that gross. that changes. I thought it was like some just some kind of growth. I mean, there, I'm, there's, I'm there's, uncomfortable. There's a a mission there or there's a uh, mm. section in the second game with the blo- with the bloater. It took yeah. me probably about 6 days to beat just it's like you're in one it's in that one setting just to beat that one bloater. It took me about 6 days and I had to google the shit and I, it still took me 6 days. That shit I'm, still gives me nightmares. Nothing has made me more anxious playing a video game in my entire life. I'm but. looking at the still of one of these, the clickers from the previous episode. Yeah. And now I can't unsee it with the whole brain. The brain, yeah. I did not know that. Are there's, they- some, there's something 10 times worse than that. Nah, no. I'm. <laughs> Sorry. It's, Sorry, it's been I'm a scared. fun run. I'm glad I ended it with Bill and Frank. It was a beautiful love story. Thank you so much. Hop it off. Yeah. Are they are they more athletic too as they get older? Because like this, this in the first episode, no, Nana. episode two, yeah. no, Nana, Nana was Nana got a four four. <laughs> okay, so 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 Nana so Nana was athletic as fuck running around the house and shit. But the one the one episode two where um Tess and Tess and Joe stumble upon, he wasn't as fast enough as and as athletic as Nana was. So are there different levels of speeds and athleticism? Like these motherfuckers, because someone like see, some seem more. Athletic and fast than others. That I that's not explained in the game, or I, the showrunners haven't mentioned that. But I would imagine <laughs> that maybe the more the longer you are infected, the less athletic you could possibly. I don't know. I, I have nothing for you on that. But man, put them on a team, bro. Something to a contract, five year contract, bro. You'll get more stronger and more athletic as you get older, bro. That's, bro. that's like Pat Mahomes on steroids, dog. <laughs> There's no league though. You know, number free agents at this point. That's right. That's true. Weekend Warriors, you know, just getting out of it. So the last thing I want to mention, and Tristan, I think you 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 can talk about this. So the truck is very iconic, as are the clothing that Joel and Ellie receive after they get their hot shower at Bill's house. So is that kind of like their uniform? Like the is that the moment like where the superhero gets his suit? Is that is that kind of what we (laughs) saw? It was just like very under understated or whatever pretty much especially yeah. the, the shirt ellie has on at the end she that's the shirt she has on for the a large majority of the game yeah so yeah very cool and the truck the same way the truck is kind of a key same part thing of the with the truck yeah. Yeah. yeah even though you don't really spend a lot of time in the truck in the game <laughs> i'm just like that that's another deviation like that you you don't really get to the truck until later in the later. game but yeah okay good to know okay well Episode three, I think we all agree, was was a phenomenal episode. Looking forward to more. Uh, so now, you know, now you know what we think about it. Brittany, how can people tell us what they, like, we want to know what you think about it. Tell us on social media. How can people find us on social media? Yep. Well, first and foremost, thank you to everyone who joined us for the live chat today. M moves here in the chat, Marcy and Trisha and Nick, all the way from the UK. Appreciate y'all being here. 
Tell us your thoughts about this episode in the comment section if you're watching the replay, but also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search at Watchers Basement. You can use that same handle, but turn it into a hashtag to help us grow our audience. We are on the road to 300 YouTube subscribers, and as of time of recording, we're at 212. So that is awesome. Let's keep it going. Don't forget to like this video as well. And lastly, check out our audio podcasts available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks to Anchor.fm. Give us a five-star rating. And back to you, Justin. Thank you, Brittany. So for Brittany, for Frank, for Tristan, I'm Justin saying we'll see you next week when we talk about episode four of The Last of Us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.